It's time for the Masters of the Universe Chronicles commentary, focusing on a classic episode as we join the hosts, Chris Vint and James Etock, and hear their thoughts on their chosen episode. Hello, welcome back again for another Master of the Universe Chronicles commentary. Of course, it wouldn't be the Master of the Universe Chronicles commentary without the occasional mishap by myself or my co-host, James Etock. Hello to you, James. Hello, we are the masters of the mishap. Yeah, exactly. The mishap masters of the universe. There we go. Yeah. That's our title. That's the title for the commentary now, from now on. It's the, uh, the mishap in Master Universe. <laughs> so, Oops. James, uh, what uh, episode are we going to talk about and uh, no doubt make lots of mistakes? Well, probably Maya, not yours that much. <laughs> we are. We're going to talk about the season two. Um, uh, big episode, big expansive episode, The Shadow of Skeletor, where Skeletor decides... You know what I haven't done recently? Created war between two moons. That's to me. That's like Skeletor's biggest plan to date. But uh, we'll go into that as the episode progresses. And of course, it's big for me because it has a certain character with three faces. That's right, Ramans in this. I mean, uh, many faces is in this episode. <laughs> but uh, I'm looking forward to this one, James, as always. So, are you ready to rock, sir? I'm ready to rock. Give me the countdown. Three, two, one, play. Here we go. Yeah, man. So what do you remember about this episode, James? Uh, if somebody was to say this episode title to you, what would be the first thing that would pop into your head? Not just like the plot line, but is there a funny line or anything that you remember oh, fondly? Without a doubt, Prince Adam... Well, I mean, it's, it's the end of Act 1. Prince Adam, uh, you know, in, in pain, thinking, do I become He-Man there, but thereby revealing my secret identity to everybody on this ship um, because it's got that amazing moment it's just such a great end of Act 1 it's one of the best of the series um, that's, that's that's my moment of this episode every time it's just that's when he says like, remember to show me remember to love for me to show you my jacket whenever I go back home yeah by the way too, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's, it's just a great scene because you know, we were always hoping that that, that was going to happen at some point in terms of not, not him talk about his jacket, but, you know, show, you know, get be in that situation where he really is about to change into He-Man. We see it a few times in the series when he's thinking, he's thinking about it. I can't do it because, you know, but on this occasion, it's like, oh, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get there. Okay. And here we are with uh, the title card, The Shadow of Skeletor. Interestingly, we should talk about the writer of this episode, Ralby Goran, who's often... You know, somewhat unfairly, but somewhat fairly, lamb lambasted, lamb lambasted for um, <laughs> writing the greatest show on Eternia. Yeah, I mean, boom. <laughs> and Monster on the Mountain, both of which are very different episodes for the series. But Ralby himself has, has said in interviews, you know, He Man wasn't really my thing. I was I was writing H uh, and R Puff and stuff, which was this show that ran for many many years, and he was more of a comedy writer. Which always, I'd love to one day speak to the band and just say, how did you do this episode? Because it is, it's so. Oh, I, I don't mean to say it's not funny, but it's 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 such a great He-Man episode in that in that it's very in keeping with He-Man, and it's just, it, I don't know, it's, it's a, a fantastically big episode, one of the best of season two without a doubt. Mm, and obviously, Ramman mustn't have met Manny faces because you know, like, <laughs> oh, it's a monster. But is it just me, or is it, um, his voice different in this episode than it was in the Mystery of Manny Faces? 
Well, Manny Faces himself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah um, let's think. Yes, in uh, in Manny Faces, both voiced by Lou Scheimer, but in Manny Faces, he's got that kind of uh, young voice. In this one, he's got that almost generic um, triclops robot voice, kind of, you know, I talk like this, as opposed to, you know, <laughs> the earlier one, which was like, sort of like, hey, up here somewhere, kind of thing, like, hey, Oracle. But, um, yeah, I, I, it's such a weird thing. I, I love the fact that, you know, we've never seen these two characters on screen at the same time, but suddenly. Rabbi Goran gives them like this kind of friendship, which immediately breaks apart. But it's it's so it's really believable as well. Mm. Oh, here we go for the first time in the series after hearing it mentioned in Disappearing Act, Double Edged Sword, and probably a few others. For the first time in the series, we see Skeletor's Doombuster, which is this awesomely big ship um, that he uses, you know, to, for flying across Eternia or whatever. Um, but if, funnily enough, in the um, in the script or in the storyboards, it's referred to as the Thruster Buster, <laughs> which uh, thankfully they changed because Doom Buster works a lot better. And I, uh, I I love this transformation. This is like action pack. The music kicks in. Bum bum. He's like, uh oh, there's a ship about to crash in the Royal Palace. What does Prince Adam do? He does that thing with his sword. Uh, also, at the end of this transformation, notice Orko hasn't got any ears. You'll see it in a few seconds. Okay. So he does his uh, I have the power routine. Orko clapped. Where's his ears? Orko! <laughs> and I've got to say, this is probably one of my least favourite action scenes of all time. I hate it because of this. Hey, I hate the idea that He-Man can spin on the spot and become a tornado, fly into the sky, catch a ship and land. Out, you know, my, to me, that's ridiculous because... That could get him out of every situation possible. I don't mind it when he does the... Um, he creates a uh, tornado from his um, sword. Yeah. There's something... He's generating it there. So I can believe that to an extent. But to physically just stand there and spin on the spot like uh, Superman and, you know, and drill through the ground. But this time... That would have been a perfect uh, way to introduce Cyclone. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I mean, sadly, Cyclone wasn't in this batch of episodes. This is still 1984. Um, when it was 1985, batch Cyclone turns up and makes uh, sporadically bad appearances. But I like the idea as well. They're exploring the ship, and initially they don't know whose it is. You know, okay, there's a giant skull symbol on the side, but you know. Yeah, it could have been the Punishers. <laughs> it's a very, it's a Punisher-like skull, isn't it? It's Frank Castle's ship. <laughs> this is uh, right. So Manny Faces, we've seen him in uh, Mystery of Manny Faces, and he was good at like changing his face. And, you know. But here, we see him wonderfully, you know, put to use where he's a talented actor and voice actor appears. Because we, here we see him doing Beastman's voice perfectly. And the, the funny thing is, I remember as a kid watching this, and the first time, if you go back a few seconds, you see him, you know, Manny faces impersonate Beastman. You hear Ram Man's voice, and I remember that was the first time I realised that the guy who did Ram Man, um, John Irwin, also did Beastman, because you hear like very much a a Ram Man like drone in his voice mm. so you could actually say Manny Face is one of the few characters that's been played by two voice actors because Lou Scheimer gives him his normal voice and there um, John Owen does his Beast Man voice little smile there from Manny Faces <laughs> this is it I, I like this as well this interesting we you know always see the palace dungeons in episodes like The Shaping Staff or Mistaken Identity here we see a proper you know jailhouse as it were you know a, a prison cell 
with a camera in so Beastman can uh, threaten those watching. But I, I, I just love this setup where the heroes are on this ship which is on autopilot and they don't know where they're going. And they obviously know it's something to do with Skeletor. But it's, um, I don't know, there's something really original about the story. It's like, well, we don't know where we're going, but this is probably our best way to find out what Skeletor's up to. And what I like about this is Beastman points to Prince Adam who's down there, but he was looking and the at the camera's up the top. Yeah, up the top. <laughs> yeah. This is the funny thing Manny faces as Beastman. That's, that's great. But it's like, oh come on, Manifest has got that, as you'll see in a few seconds, that giant, you know, headpiece thing he wears. And it's like, yeah. how does he, look, I love this, but it's just me. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and where does it go to? Exactly. Also, the fact that Manifest, if you look at him in all his model sheets, and even in this animation, he's about 6'5 or something, and Beastman's about 5'5. Five five. It's like. <laughs> The first thing Skeletor on the Evoiders would have noticed is Beastman, have you, have you uh, grown in height or something? And here we go, uh, uh, approaching the act of End One, whilst also approaching the, uh, is it the bright, the, the Dark Moon Colony? I think so. I just like this, we're not going to land in Eternia. At what point did you not realise we're on the end of the Look out the window, is it, yeah, it's not sunny outside anymore, <laughs> it's certainly space. <laughs> Here we go. This this is how you end Act One. We're done for, unless. I, re I remember as a kid watching this. He's just thinking, "Oh my goodness, he's going to change into He-Man." You know, it's uh, um, the director and whoever was in charge of the you know putting this bit together was a genius because they even put the music down as well. So you think they're actually going to do it if you listen. Mm -hmm. I just love that because you think, oh my god, he's actually going to change it. Hey, <laughs> raises the arm. I said, such all. a little, uh, you know. Always loofing about. Oh, it's great new jacket. Taylor with her arms crossed. She's not impressed. No. But I just think that scene is, you know, I, th I don't think many people consider this like one of the greatest episodes. I really think it's one of the best of season two. You know, for so many reasons, but that scene in itself is just so clever. And like I say, they 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 play it all the way to the edge, where you know he's going to change the music, so anything. No way is this going to happen. And then Ram Man, look. And they don't really do it any other time through the no. series either. Oh. Two thousand two series, they do it a couple of times. Wherever he says by the par, and somebody says like par, what par do you have? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Like it's one of the Snake Man. Yeah. Oh, Snake Man episodes. Oh, wearing seatbelts for the first time as well. Don't do that in a Wind Raider. <laughs> well, interesting in this is that um, Ram Man's basically the voice of the audience. There's a beautiful panning shot as well. It's this huge panning shot of uh, the, the bright moon colony. There we go. I just like the idea that there's these two, you know, uh races of people on Eternian on Eternia's moons. It just gives the whole you know, I know I know a lot of people like the original it's just about Eternia, it's just about sorcery. But I just think this this kind of takes it to the next level. You've got like, oh wow, people on other planets, you know, other that are, you know, circling Eternia. I just think it makes it even more creative. In the background there you see like the ring of Saturn or something and it just looks really, really impressive. Oh, we should talk about the character models in this scene. We've got um, Professor Orion here, who is actually, if you go back to Song of Solis, um, this is, uh, oh, what was his name? 
Pangas, uh, Prime Minister Pangas, who was the yeah, Prime Minister of Tarin. And uh, a nifty Randor, Randor, Randor beard. Oh, yeah, very much so. And King Barbo here um, would later appear as King Tamask in the Time Wheel, which is kind of strange because I always thought, as a kid, I always thought the Tamask. And I still to this day believe that, although it can't happen, I always think that the Tamask design would have come first because that to me is like a very striking character and it suits the design. Whereas this guy who works on the, you know, who lives on the Dark Moon, who's the representative, just looks like, oh, they clearly reused the model. But the funny thing is, this would have been the original model because this was, uh, I think, 17 episodes before t the Time Wheel. Oh, he's going to rip a bit of paper. <gasps> Tearing up the contract. <gasps> Terrible. I like the way they all go. <gasps> I've never seen that done before. The, the interesting thing about this script, um, you know, I said earlier about I wonder where Robbie, Robbie Ra Lauren, uh, Goran came up with the idea. And um, in an interview, he said uh, that he, you know, he was always like coming up with ideas for episodes. But Arthur Nadell, who was the um, executive producer in, in terms of I think it was Creative Affairs, was his title. He actually pitched the idea to Robbie about. Um, I think Rabbi cut the idea of there's a, there's a moon because Rabbi likes moons apparently. So he said, "I'm going to do an episode about the moon." <laughs> so Arthur Nader said, "Why why don't you do one with a second moon?" And then also cut the idea of how about there's a war between two moons. So from that, Rabbi Lauren churns out this uh, fantastic episode. Like I say, it's so, it's so strange because people will look at the greatest show in turn and be like, "That's the worst episode ever." It's, it's not Star Child is. That's the worst episode ever. And then, I beg to differ. Yeah. <laughs> How can you know someone go from writing that to writing this? Because they are—it's such a stark contrast. Yeah, and plus the fact that whenever you have the likes of, say, Robert Lamb's, you know, not so blind, he really developed Ram Man's character, and the same here, you know, you see Ram Man interacting with Manny faces, and you don't see Manny faces again. Yeah, I know it's, it's, it's true. It's you know, any time. You know, you talk about character relationships or just character interaction. If if it's done right, it really, really works well. But some some writers, you know, understandably, you're just at the end of the day, some people are just writing to, you know, for a job, which is, you know, I've got no problems with that whatsoever. But the only problem with that is, you know, they're just writing scripts. Um, what often happened is you had staff writers like Larry Dottilio, Robert Lamb, and J. Michael Straczynski, and they would rewrite a lot of the scripts to make sure they fit in with, you know. The idea of He-Man because a lot of the the one-shot writers that you see probably had their scripts worked on a lot, but they wouldn't be recredit um, Larry Tilly on that lot wouldn't credit themselves with the rewrite. And here we see all the majority of Skeletor's evil warriors as well. Evil in Trapjaw. Trapjaw with his thing on the wrong arm. Get it right, formation. <laughs> um, and with little uh, fangs as well, something we've never seen before. Oh, good old Whiplash. I've always loved Whiplash's laugh. Yeah, he was um he was a great, you know, out of the season two villains. I I I'd probably say he was one of the best. I think Cobra Khan was slightly overused and slightly generic, but Whiplash kind of he had this cunning evil side to him. He wasn't a bumbling oaf. I just think well, they, they handled Whiplash really well. Don't interrupt. And uh, I I've got to admit this is a, a great bit of dialogue from Skeletor when um his last line in this scene it's so dramatic and you can imagine if they'd done like a trailer for this as like if this had been a movie it just works so beautifully right. <laughs> I just love that I want war that's so cool 
There's an episode later on, or an episode, uh, scene later on whenever you see uh, Skeletor and Beastman, you know, zapping Manny Faces dressed oh, as yeah. Beastman. I just love the animation and that. It's just absolutely superb. I remember and, us. Oh, so sorry, go on. No, no, I was just going to say Beastman looking all pensive sitting there going, what should I do now? <laughs> That's a good little, um, you know, this, this is... This is a pretty good episode for Beastman. It's not him at his most cunning, but he's not stupid in here. Look, he, yeah. he thinks to himself, "Okay, power lines. If I if I get those broken, I can escape." Actually, here as well, this bit of animation of the uh, pterodactyl creature. There it goes. If you go back to like father and like daughter from season one, it's the same animation, but in that episode, the creature's pink. Very strange. But for some Ooh. reason, they they re they they reanimated the sequence and you know repainted the character. How does he fit through that window? <laughs> Ask no questions. <laughs> there he goes. That's how he fits through. <laughs> and this this little ship, uh, it's just I don't think it was given a name in the script. It was just like, you know, it comes out of uh, the Doom Buster. Almost looks like it would belong to Snipes Bite. Yes, yeah, uh, his elongated nose. I like this bit as well though. It's um the, the fact that King Barbo isn't you see him as like this hot head king who's like there will be no solar mirror project and rips up a bit of paper <gasps> rips up the contract um, <laughs> here we hear you know we hear him as like actually quite a nice guy and he says you know to Prince Adam as your parents have been kind to me I will grant you like 24 hours red man thinking oh I shouldn't mess with manny faces here we are it was, this is this is I, I love this little scene because we get to see like the villains uh, saying about what they did. Was it? You can bring me up to date on what you've done or something. Yeah, we're blasted, like uh, hitting some rocks with his tail. Yeah, that's that's a great bit of animation. They've reused it in the series. Um, I, I like Trapjaw's biting as well of the uh, his whiplash doing his little thing. Oh, I just love Trapville Pumpus. I think he's got such a great voice. <laughs> and here we if listen to Linda Gary's voice. You get to hear her kind of go through every kind of vocal talent ever. How did you get him to think that? I was a witness. I turned myself into a I just love the way that that you kind of hear there her go through you know, it proves what a talented voice actress she was. That she's able to go from this deep-throated, you know, witch of a character into like this really sweet innocent bit. But during that, you hear her voice change. I think that's such a great little moment. There it is. That's the part I love. Yeah. I remember Just I the way it's drawn and stuff. But yeah, uh, as you were saying uh, by Neville and voice, you know, like it's pretty seamless the way. Just oh, going yeah, like one yeah. from one to so another character. It's, uh, it's amazing the way they can do that. Another little transformation tidbit coming up when Prince Adam says, Grace, God, the camera doesn't pan up to the sword straight away. It holds again for a beat on him, if you watch. Oh, yeah, he's like, where's the sword? Oh, there it is. Up yeah, there. It, it pauses for a bit. I, you know, like I say, I've said before in our previous commentaries, I like it when they mix it up because it's not, yeah. it's not the same sequence, even though everything that follows is. <laughs> I love the fact that the Beastman mask comes off and it's the same size as Manny Faces. It would have been better if he grabbed Manny f or Beastman's face and was just like, is this or not? No, it's yeah. not. That, yeah. <laughs> that led to a horrific scene. Evelyn's glowing eyes once more, turning Merman to stone. Funnily enough, um, Merman would turn to stone in the 2002 series and die for an episode at least when he falls and right. breaks and then Skeletor yeah. repairs him. So. 
There's an odd roar from Whiplash here. Very odd indeed. This scene um, coming up where He Man's crushed by rocks and uh, subsequently see him lift the, the giant rock in the air was actually used in. Um, I remember an American commercial for like WGNX3 or whatever, one of these channels. <laughs> they would show this. this cause it was on like one of the tapes, the old tape trading days when we were trying to get all the episodes. And this was one of the scenes. He man's mouth is huge there. <laughs> I, lo I love this. Knock this rock back to Eternia. It's like, what? <laughs> I understand what's happening, but isn't that, like, impossible? And plus the fact that he doesn't do it himself. He'd kiss Rama here, use your head, will you, Rama? Yeah. It's like, I think this might end up, or it might just orbit the solar system and the cat and the two will die. <laughs> I, I love that this scene's great with He-Man just shows up and ruins Skeletor's plan in about three seconds. <laughs> the drop on your blaster. That's where he jumps off. Most of they go, wow! <laughs> in the water as always. If you look here... Oh, it's have. <laughs> if, if you look here, it's really strange because He-Man leaps away at the last moment but I remember as a kid thinking that he kills himself because <laughs> if you watch he just vanishes but if you look to the left you see him exit kind of just zip out of shot but you can but just see what I mean you can barely see it yeah it's very very fast there's one or two frames where he's there just like leaping backwards but it looks like he may have killed himself mm, King Randor's made it yeah I came all the way <laughs> without my wife yeah. I don't treat her to vacations at all <laughs> Oh, here we go. They're, they're happy again. Should mention as well. What, one of the things I like about this episode is that they, the Ram Man and Manny Faces, have this thing where he calls him Rammy, but more believably he calls um, him Man Manny, which is so much better than constantly saying Manny Faces, Manny Faces, yeah. Manny Faces. To call him Manny is a good abbreviation. It's Mr. Faces will do. Mr. Faces to you, Stephen Faces. Here's a, a, a weird moral segment. Uh, not not weird in the fact that it's, it delivers a good message, but these two are actually located in Merman's underwater lair as seen in Search for the VHO. <laughs> so they're clearly... Maybe they were looking for it. Yeah, it's like, we found it, now we're going to take care of Merman. <laughs> but it's, it's really weird, because that is the background from Search for the, um, Search for the VHO, and you think, why are they there? Why are they not on like a generic evergreen uh, forest background? It's basically just saying, uh, you know, treat your friends well and don't fall out with your friends, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's oh, a lovely little moral from yeah. a great episode. Exactly, another great episode starring Manny Faces. So uh, we'll look at another Manny Faces episode. Oh, we can't because there is no more. There is no more, unless you count a Christmas special. Uh, no, thanks. It's not <laughs> Christmas time. So maybe at Christmas we will, co we will cover that, but... Not until then, but uh, once again, James, your wealth of knowledge uh, continues to impress me, so uh, thank you very much for another fine, fine, fine commentary. Oh, it has to impress someone, doesn't it? Thank you for it being you. <laughs> well, I am paying you after all, so I mean, come on. I'm paying you in, in crisps, so that's the way it's working, but uh, thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Yeah, so that was um, if I could get my mouth to work and uh, say it again uh, that was an episode called The Shadow of Skeletor if I would remember things um, so yeah, tune in next time for another episode hopefully I'll try and remember the title it's been a long day folks and until next time Today you saw what happened when Raman and I got into an argument it 
almost ruined our friendship. Yeah, I'm sure happy we're pals again. When people lose their temper, they often say things they later regret. So if you get angry, be careful you don't say something you really don't mean. Something you'll be sorry about later. I'm glad we made up, cause now we're better friends than ever. Right, Manny? Right, Remy. Let the power return!